You're listening to Comedy Central. Does anybody here celebrate winter? <laughs> yeah? I, I noticed a lot of people complaining. I, I always find this amusing. I, I don't know why. I feel like Americans do this more than anyone. A lot of people complaining that the weather isn't what it's supposed to be. Like, literally, people today were like, it's like, it's like 60 degrees outside. This is not winter in New York. This is not, then I'm like, are you, are you complaining? And people are always like, it's not, yeah, it's not supposed to be this. I'm like, well, yeah, but who's, who said? Do you know what I mean? It's like a weird thing. Like, people are like, it wasn't supposed to rain. Is your mom mother nature? Who, like, who gives you this? Because <laughs> people, and then, and then, this was really fun. So in the office, people were arguing today. They were like, oh, could this be the beginning, like, of, of people getting used to climate change? Like, New York is supposed to be freezing cold at this time of the year, but it's not. And then could that mean that, like, summer just stops having snow? And what would that mean? Could you still have Christmas? And I was like, you do realize half of the world has a sunny Christmas, right? It's like a thing. It's normal. Like, where I'm from, Santa can wear shorts. It's optional. In fact, like, most of the time, when I, when I was growing up and I saw the way he was dressed, I was like, yo, this guy... Just juicy couture all the time. <laughs> it seems like a very strange clothing choice. <laughs> I was like, yo, my man's out here in velour suits. The nice thing about having a summer Christmas for Americans is you get to bring back all of your controversial Christmas songs. You realize that? Like, baby, it's cold. It, now it's not cold. She can leave. <laughs> yeah, we never had that problem in South Africa. And South Africa was just like, baby, it's warm. Okay, I'm going now. Coming to you from the heart of Times Square in New York City, the only city in America. It's The Daily Show, Ears Edition. Tonight, Olympics boycott. Sort of. Texas does it all this year. And Mahershala Ali. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah, and joining me for today's headlines is my very good friend, Roy Wood Jr. What's going on, Roy? South Africa, what's going on with you, man? Oh, man, so good to see you, man. You this too, is nice. man. I got Christmas spirit. Make sure you give me a gift. Wow. I've never heard anybody say it like that, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. That's what we do over here. You get gifts. Yeah, but I mean, normally people would say like, ah, Christmas spirit, I have a gift for you, and now you, you want me yeah, to well, give I it. need to see what your gift is first, and then, you know, then I go from there. This is one hell of a spirit. In Africa, we just say, those are demons. All right, let's jump right into today's headlines. We kick things off with Omicron, the reason you need to adjust your 2022 mask budget. The new variant has now been found in 17 American states. Yeah, and honestly, by the time you see this, it'll probably be up to like 80 states. Now, there is some good news. Dr. Fauci says that while it's still too early to know for sure, it looks like Omicron spreads more easily than Delta, but maybe less severe. Yeah, which means COVID might have watered itself down so it could reach more people, like the ice cube of corona variants. And that would be amazing if it's true. I mean, like if COVID just made people sick instead of killing them, I mean, that would be a game changer. You know, it's still not great, but it's better. Imagine if Freddy Krueger started giving teenagers diarrhea instead of killing them. That's a major improvement and a really weird movie. Don't you get it, man? If you poop in your dreams, you poop in your bed. I guess I'll just wash the sheets. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a whole laundry day. Still, even if that turns out to be true, nobody wants another big wave of COVID cases. Nobody wants that. Which is why today, Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that New York City will be the first city in the country to require all private employees to be vaccinated 
Yeah. Which means you can feel better now knowing that the guy selling you your fake vaccine card on the corner, well, he's also gonna be vaccinated. And thanks to fears of Omicron, there's now a surge in demand for vaccines all over the world, although not for everyone. A dentist in Italy is in hot water for trying to get his COVID vaccine in a fake arm. He turned up for the shot with a fake arm covering his real arm, hoping the nurse wouldn't notice. But when the nurse rolled up his sleeve, she found the skin rubbery, cold, and the pigment too light. He gave me a half smile and asked me to pretend I didn't know anything and to give him the vaccine anyway, and I realized that he was wearing a silicon bodysuit. The silicone bodysuit the nurse is talking about would have looked something like this. There are several of them online for sale. <laughs> so wait, so wait. This dude just put on a fake suit like he was starring in House of Gucci and then he thought that that, that would fool a nurse? My man, nurses put needles in arms all day. They know what a real arm feels like. Like if a nurse feels cold, rubbery skin, they're definitely gonna be like, wait a minute, I already gave Mitch McConnell his shot. Who are you? Not to mention, this is Italy. That's the hardest place to pull off a fake arm. Hey, how come are you not moving your hands around when you talk? Uh, I'm a one of those Italians who doesn't do that. I let my mouth do the talking. Ah, there is no such a thing. Look, man, to be fair, guys, you can't be that mad at a dentist for lying to a doctor. I mean, how many times have you gone to your dentist and said, oh yeah, I definitely floss many times a day. He learned it from us, you know what I mean? I, I gotta say this though, man. I respect the ingenuity. These people are getting more and more creative. They, they, these folks have come a long way from drinking bleach. <laughs> and you got to respect that. You started with the drinking the bleach, and then it was a little bit of the horse medicine, and then they was fake vaccine cards, and now my man just got a whole arm on. That's what we need to start selling, dog. Fake arms? Fuck yeah, fake arms. I don't wanna encourage them, Roy. Hell yeah, fake arms. That's what we should start selling. What do you mean not encourage him? It's money, it's money to be made. People are willing to pay top dollar. This man bought a whole butt naked suit on the internet to keep from getting a shot. Yep. <laughs> you miss out on the money, man. You know I'm right though. I, you know I'm right? I don't know about that. Okay. All right, let's move on from COVID to the other big event that sweeps the whole world, yeah. the Olympics. It's when all the nations of the world compete to see who has the best steroids. They're also a chance for countries to come together in harmony despite their differences. But sometimes there are some differences that are too big to set aside. And that's when it's time to play a new Olympic sport, hardball. Now to more breaking news. The US will not send any diplomatic representatives to the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics. Press Secretary Jen Psaki announced the boycott, citing China's ongoing genocide and human rights abuses. In the past, first ladies, even presidents, have led the U.S. delegation to the Olympics. But this move by the Biden administration will mean no U.S. government officials attend in protest of China's human rights abuses. American athletes, however, will still be allowed to compete. Wow, 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 that's huge. There will be no American government officials at the Olympics which means if they wanna watch it, they'll have to do it the way the rest of us do, by turning on the TV and then getting bored after three minutes and then turning it off. And that's a real shame that the American officials won't be at the Olympics. Because you realize Kamala Harris was about to become the first black woman to ever watch a hockey game. But I mean, honestly, it doesn't surprise me that Joe Biden would do this. It doesn't surprise me at all. For one thing, he cares deeply about human rights. For another, 
he's 79 years old. I mean, he's not about to fly across 12 time zones to watch a bunch of Norwegians sweep an ice rink. That's the one cool reason to be president, right? Most of us, if we, we don't want to do something, we have to come up with some lame excuse. And then everyone else shows up and talks about how we didn't come. But if you're president, you can just be like, diplomatic boycott. No one is allowed to attend Emily's birthday brunch. Now, the reason the US is doing this diplomatic boycott of the Olympics is to protest China's abuses against the Uyghurs, right? Which the US government has declared a genocide. And when you, when you think about it, it's a little weird to accuse an Olympic host of genocide, but then still send all of your athletes to that country? I mean, it's, it's genocide. At least pull out the bobsled team. Because now all you're doing is saying, you know all our boring people? Well, we're not sending them. That's the punishment. Like, if Biden really wanted to punish China, he shouldn't withhold government officials. No, he should send government officials. In fact, you know what? He should send the ones nobody can stand. Yeah. If you want to get back at China, you have Marjorie Taylor Greene in the stands. The only way a speed skater could move that quickly is with Jewish magnets. Uh, okay, we'll let the Uyghurs go. Please, just take her back. Hey, it, it, first off, with all this global warming, ain't but like six Winter Olympics left. They should have gone. <laughs> there ain't that many Winter Olympics left in the first place. And the, the, the bigger question I have for you, and you might know this, because you, you're more international than me. What does a diplomat do? They just show up and they go, hey, man, America's good. We good, America. Make sure you like America. They, 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 That's essentially a diplomat's job. Then they're an influencer. They're just a political influencer. That's what you do. You influence the country. Honestly, if you want to make the Winter Olympics more exciting, this is what they need to do, Africa. They need to do the summer events in the winter. That's how you get the Winter Olympics popping. I don't know shit about no bobsled, but I love track and field. Oh, you the fastest person on the track? Let's add some ice. See what you do now. <laughs> I'm going to email the IOC. You know him, right? Let me hit him up real quick. Actually, I would want to watch those Olympics. You telling me Michael Phelps in ice water? You telling me that's not entertaining? Michael Phelps in ice water. Michael Phelps on ice is even more entertaining. Just sliding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to our next story, which is about jobs. They're how we pass the time until we die. Over the past few months, more people have been quitting their jobs than ever before. But while that's going on, some people are still becoming unemployed the old-fashioned way, by getting fired. And one CEO just came up with a new and terrible way to do it. A web boss had some brutal news for more than 900 of his, of his workers who had just joined him on a Zoom call. You're fired. Less than four weeks from Christmas. Dumped via Zoom, the mortgage startup Better.com fired 9% of the workforce in a Zoom call that lasted less than three minutes. Thank you for joining. Um... I come to you with not great news. This is the second time in my career I'm doing this, and I do not, do not want to do this. The last time I did it, I cried. Um, this time I hope to be stronger. If you're on this call, you are part of the unlucky group being laid off. Your employment here is terminated effective immediately. Okay, first of all, you can't say if you're on this call, you're unlucky enough, like the call was an optional thing, and then people got tricked into it. That's some bullshit. If you're on this call, well, I'm not on this call, am I still fired? Get the f out of here, man. 900 people getting fired at once, that's not a firing, that's a rapture. 
I mean, a big group firing is the most impersonal thing you can do. If you respect an employee, you should have the decency to sit down and tell them to their face why you think they suck. And to be fired over Zoom is especially tough because, I mean, you can't storm out all dramatic. You know, if you fight in the office, you get to be like, you'll be working for me one day, bang! But on Zoom, you have to be like, you'll all be working for me one day! Wait, where's the leave, leave me? No, that's gallery view, that's mute. Am I, am I gone? No, okay, you'll all be working for me one day. Hold on. Hey, how do I, how do I quit the thing? How do I, uh, can Dennis help me with this? Can we get Dennis to help me? I can't, yeah, the button's not working for me to leave. Oh man, I hope you guys are working for me one day so you can help me with this kind of stuff. You know, the worst part for me was how the CEO made it all about himself as well. Oh, this is so tough. I hope I don't cry again. What, what are the people supposed to do? Comfort you for firing them? There, there, it's okay. I am expendable, I get it, I get it. I mean, not to mention, I don't think anyone should ever get fired before Christmas. You know, it totally ruins the season. If you're gonna fire someone on a holiday, you do it on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that way at least you give them an excuse. Baby, I would have gotten you something, but my boss set me free. I'll tell you what you need to happen. You need to start letting these employees fight their bosses. That's how you straighten this out. He a CEO, he can, he can be found. Pull up on his house on Christmas and ask him outside like a gentleman, go, let's fight. Uh, I, I, we're not encouraging this? This is just an idea and a concept? You can say, speak for yourself. I'm telling you what I would do. If I was on, if you put me on Zoom with 900 other people, I'm come fight you. So you're saying if I let you go, you, you're gonna come and fight me? Absolutely, if you in front of 899 other people, yes. It's 900 people, it's disrespect. Squid Game was 450 people. <laughs> this is two Squid Games. <laughs> two Squid Games worth of disrespect. I gotta fight you. Them the rules. Look, I don't know what y'all do in South Africa. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and I'm gonna fight you. I don't think we have mass Zoom firings in South Africa. How y'all fire people over there? Well, we first have to find the jobs for them. <laughs> You're right. You're right. All right, and finally, Let's talk about heroin. The only injection with a worse reputation than the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Heroin addiction is a big problem all over the US. In fact, here in New York City, around 2,000 people die of drug overdoses every year. But now, New York is the first place in America to try a new way to save some of those lives. New York City has opened the first in the nation drug injection sites in hope of preventing overdoses. The locations will allow people to use drugs, including heroin, under the care of medical professionals while giving them access to treatment. The city says that the supervised injection sites will provide users with a safer place to administer drugs and get medical care if they overdose. And it turns out that uh, there's more than just injection happens there. Uh, addicts are allowed to smoke crack in the room if they choose to, to do that. The director of one of the sites told the Post, people are allowed to bring the substance they prefer. Mayor de Blasio says five drug overdoses were reversed during the first day of two new safe injection sites being opened in the city. Yes, that's right, people. The same way that cocaine addicts have their own street, now heroin addicts have a safe place where they can do their drugs. And I know this is controversial, I know it is, but I think that this is a great idea. And it's the exact opposite of an idea that I had. Yeah, I pitched the city an idea where I said we should open a clinic where people could smoke weed for the first time. Yeah, and then after two puffs, I would jump in and be like, can you guys hear that? Go, oh, shit, can you guys hear that? Oh man, I think they're coming, I think they're coming. All right, have a good one, y'all. Just to like, you know, 
inspire the high. In fact, I think they should do harm reduction like this for everything that puts people in danger, not just drugs. Like, they, they should have a site where people can go and text their ex, because you know it's a bad idea. You know something's gonna go wrong, but it would be better if someone was looking over your shoulder, helping you. You know, just like, no, 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 too thirsty, too thirsty. Oh, also, you, you misspelled vagina. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not with a J, yeah. Here's my theory. I actually think that this is gonna get people off of drugs. You know, I've seen people saying like, the city's gonna make more drug addicts, it's gonna, no, guys, it's not. This is gonna get them off drugs because if the city is running this thing, it's gonna take forever to get high there. You're gonna be in line for six hours, make you fill out all kinds of forms, and then when you finally get up to the window, the woman behind the counter will be like, excuse me, sir, this isn't the line for doing crack. You need to be in that line, okay? And you need to fill out the blue form, okay? The blue form, where, where do I get that one? You gotta bring it from home, sir, okay? Oh, screw this, I'm just gonna get clean. Okay, you need the pink form for that one, honey. All right? Man, you see a drug den, I see a cheap hotel. I see a cheap place to go take a nap. I ain't even got a fool with Airbnb no more. All you got to do is go in there and convince them that you own drugs and you get a nap. That's what they say, right? Come in here, do your drugs, rest, relax, enjoy yeah. your high. That ain't nothing but a nap room. All I need is a fake arm to put my crack needle in. <laughs> I think they would notice. No, they don't do the injections. That probably costs $10 extra. So I'll self-inject into my fake arm and pretend to be on crack. You couldn't just go nap in a park? No, that's dangerous. There's people out there doing drugs. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we'll find out why Texas was the state that embodied 2021. And Mahershala Ali is joining me on the show. So don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Show. 2021 is almost over. And I think we can all agree that compared to last year, it has been a pretty perfect year. So for the rest of the month, we'll be remembering all of 2021's best moments in our year-end segment, a look back at 2021, the least bad year of the last two years. Tonight, Ronnie Chang looks back at how 2021 was the year for the state of Texas. <laughs> Howdy, partners. I'm here in Texas, the state that grabbed 2021 by the horns and made it its bitch. Yeehaw! <laughs> Everything that happened this year happened in Texas. The border crisis, QAnon resurrecting JFK Jr., me developing a crippling dependency on brisket. Mm. Of course, Texas wouldn't have had such a big year without its governor, Greg Abbott. He banned mask mandates. He banned vaccine mandates. He banned vaccine cards. Because the best way to fight COVID is with freedom. And I see you, bitch. But we ran out because of all the COVID. Blue, 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 blue. And maybe some Texas haters will say that Abbott didn't do enough to suppress COVID cases. Well, sorry, he was too busy trying to suppress something else. If enacted, the Texas voting legislation would, in drive through and 24-hour voting, including prohibiting Sunday voting before 1 p.m., which critics say unfairly impacts black voters. What's at stake then? Effectively, the voting rights of black Texans. Did somebody say steak? <laughs> That's right, you other bitch-ass states. Everything is bigger in Texas, especially the lines to vote in black communities. 
And if you're one of those wimp states who say, oh, there's no such thing as voter fraud, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? Because Texas did. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, a Trump ally, had promised to pay up to a million dollars if anyone came forward with examples of voter fraud. Fraud, he said, that existed with no evidence. And he's now made the first payout. But in an ironic and expensive twist, it was fraud being committed on behalf of Republicans. So here's the first check for $25,000. It went to a poll worker in Pennsylvania who reported a Republican who voted twice. Yeah, see, that totally proved this point in kind of the way that was the exact opposite of this point. And the best part of this Texas bounty story is not even the only Texas bounty story from 2021. Let's lasso in that second bounty story now. Ah, shit. That's the third TV this week. Just play the clip. The nation's most restrictive abortion law is now in effect in Texas after the Supreme Court ignored a request to block it. The measure bans most abortions after six weeks of pregnancy and makes no exceptions for incest or rapes. What's unique about this law is that it's enforced by private parties, not by government officials. That means private citizens can sue anyone who aids or abets an unlawful abortion, from the doctors who perform them to drivers who take women to the clinic. Okay, this law may be horrible for women, but you gotta admit, it's great for the wanted poster industry. And that's like 90% of Texas's economy. And say what you want, but what other state would have had the balls to turn their entire population into snitches? Not Rhode Island, F you Rhode Island. The fact is, Texas was a powerhouse all year long, even when they didn't have power in their house. Millions in Texas tonight are living a freezing nightmare without power huddled against sub-freezing temperatures. Nowhere is harder hit than Texas, where more than three million homes and businesses are without power and heat. The electrical grid simply can't handle the demand. Texas is on its own power grid, and that has a lot of people asking, why was the state that's known to produce energy so unprepared for this crisis? That's right. Thanks to Texas's independent power grid, the energy capital of America had no energy. This past year, Texas was even number one at irony. Pipes were bursting, cell phone towers were down, people couldn't even put gas into their horses. But who cares? Here in Texas, we're so tough, we don't even need electricity. Oh God, somebody please help. I, I don't want to die a virgin. Oh, hey. <laughs> the point is, as epic as 2021 was for Texas, it was also a tough time. And when things got tough, the Ted Cruz's got going. Republican Senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, faces growing backlash for leaving his home state and flying to Cancun while Texans were dealing with this crisis. The embattled Texas Senator first claimed he was merely escorting his family to Cancun for a vacation and coming right back. But leaked texts from his wife Heidi appear to show the entire Cruz family was planning to stay in Mexico through the weekend to escape the bitter cold wreaking havoc in Texas. That's right, here in the Wild West, you either die or you ride off into the sunset. And Ted Cruz rode off into the sunset while people in his state died. He's the ultimate Texan. Which is why I gotta take my hat off to you, Ted Cruz. Uh-oh, another power outage. That's my cue to skedaddle. Fare thee well, 2021. Uh, I will see you next year in Cancun.
Yeehaw! Thank you so much for that, Ronnie. All right, when we come back, Mahershala Ali will be joining me right here in the studio. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is award-winning actor and producer Mahershala Ali. He's here to talk about his brand new film, Swan Song. Mahershala Ali. Yes. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. You know, you are not just one of my favorite human beings, one of my favorite actors, but you're also one of the, the most calming forces in my life. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll Thank you. I was thinking about that Thank today you. before the interview. I was like, I don't think I know anybody. Like, if I was in a plane crash, which I wouldn't want to be, right. I would hope to be in that with you because I feel like <laughs> you would be the ultimate calm. I've never seen you panic. We can die calmly together. Yeah, just calmly. I feel like you would look over at me and you'd be like, well, Trevor, it's over. <laughs> this is it. This is it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, uh, just, you just got that calming spirit. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, man. man the last time yeah. you were here, you, I mean, you were just on your way to one of the most successful journeys of all time. Since the last time you've been on the show, you have won, what is it, two Oscars, an Emmy, a Golden Globe. You know, whether it's House of Cards, whether it's True Detective, whether it's been Moonlight, Everything you have touched has turned to gold. You know, it's been a whirlwind. Yeah. And I want to know what it's been like for you. We've enjoyed watching it. What yeah. has it been like for you? Well, hearing you say it all, it's just a, a great reminder to be grateful. Yeah. You know, um, I, I have had an opportunity to work on some amazing projects with amazing people, wonderful actors, and, and that's the, that, that has been the dream for me. Um, and this moment, Specifically, all of that building up to an opportunity to to play this role right. and lead a film and work opposite of Naomi Harris and Glenn Close and it's pretty phenomenal. You know, I'm, I, I feel very blessed. When you looked at creating this story, you know, it's one thing to act in yeah. a film. Yeah. It's one thing to be part of the cast, but that extra weight that comes with being the producer, that extra weight that comes with being really the mm. force behind the movie, like, did that add more pressure to you or did you enjoy the creative power that it gave you over the project? You know what? I don't think it added more pressure because I feel that pressure without the power anyway. Oh, so okay. you feel that, you feel, you feel that there's decisions being made and the film is gonna be impacted. You're gonna be impacted personally as an actor, however this turns out without the producer's title and without the influence of a producer. So at least when you have the title and you have a seat at the table, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, there's an opportunity for you to make that pressure more active. And you can say, hey, I think we should maybe, you know, think about this person in that position. Right, or, right, right. Or what are we doing about, you know, uh, the, the sound cue or the edit or whatever, like any of those ideas that pop up where you may have to sit in a theater and watch it and feel like, ah, that could have been different. In the process of making the film, you have a voice there now. So. You've used the voice well, man. Swan Thank Song you. is fantastic. Thank you. Like, I'm a, I'm a big you. fan of sci-fi. I'm a big fan of, you know, the thrillers or the ideas that come with them. And, and this movie, it felt like it was taking me on multiple journeys. And it felt like an allegory about life and family as a whole, you know? Yeah. The, you, I don't spoil this for people, but you play a man who receives a terminal uh, diagnosis. Yeah. And his life is ostensibly over. Yeah. But he has the opportunity and the choice to decide whether or not to just go out yeah. or to clone himself so his family doesn't have to go through that suffering. I mean, the yes. premise is insane, but it speaks to like larger concepts of life. Yeah, it does, it does. And, and it's a very, that's what drew me to the project was this, the premise and the dilemma. But I think what really kind of locked me in was just how human the story felt. Yeah. And the fact that it was in the not too distant future 
So all of the tech and the sci-fi of it all is very, very relatable. And it didn't get in the way of, of the human issue, the human dilemma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so, and, and, and it's funny, so just going throughout this journey with this character, you kind of get to a point at the end of it where you go like, well, what is the answer in all this? Is it just to clone yourself? And I, and I think, you know, for me, what I ended up walking away from with it is that, is that it's about being as present as possible in the mm. life that we have and, and trying our best to, to meet the potential that's in us and, and to wake that up, you know? And it, we don't have to necessarily have a death sentence um, or be aware of this ticking clock yeah. to, to wake up our potential. You know, when I, when I was watching the film, I couldn't help thinking about some of the conversations I've had with you and some of the things I've heard you say in and around time and yeah. how we spend it as human beings. I remember one of the things that stuck with me the most is just as your, your, your star was shooting, just as yeah. your name was buzzing everywhere, you very clearly stated that, hey, I'm, I'm also trying to win an Oscar with my family. To me, the real definition of success is, is being able to be to be whole in every aspect of your life. Right, so right, I right. think the career thing that everybody sees is beautiful and, and amazing and shiny, but it's, you gotta be, what are the other parts of yourself right. that, that you have to be fulfilled in and who are the other people that need to know your presence? And to me, that is, that is success. So it, it doesn't necessarily come with a trophy, you know, but it, it does come in that fulfillment. I honestly love the journey that you're on, you know, because it, it's yeah. wonderful to watch and it seems like you're enjoying it as well, whether it's fashion, you know, whether it's movies or television, behind the camera, in front yeah. of the camera. I'm not gonna lie, one of my favorite, just favorite things of all time was seeing that you're gonna play Blade. Yeah. That, that for me, you know, Blade, I don't know about you, but Blade was easily one yeah. of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. Yeah, it was great. And then I saw great. you on, and I was like, of course. Yeah. The man was made for the role. And Wesley, obviously. No, but just, I mean, yes, but I mean, you, it, it seems like the natural. Meaning, no, no, just meaning like about what was great about yeah, it. Yeah, like just it's just like, you know. Wesley do his thing and, 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 and introduce that character to the world and, 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 and to see the things that have, have spawned off from right. it, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I just really appreciate the love and care and energy that goes into those projects, yeah, that yeah. goes into the Marvel projects. Are you excited to kick people? <laughs> yes. Because you, you don't kick many people in your movies. I don't get to kick people in like movies. You, you, I feel I'm always like, doing a drama exactly, where, where there, isn't, there isn't kicking I mean, and punching. There's gonna be some kicking. There's gonna be some kicking. You know what I'm saying? There's gonna be some kicking. I feel like this will be like a moment where yeah, Mahershala gets yeah, to be like, oh, <laughs> I haven't kicked people in a while in my life. This <laughs> I'm ready to kick somebody. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, do you, when do you start the training and when, because yeah. I know that's such yeah. a long process. Yeah. Is like yeah. a, have we're you started yet? We're, 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 we're in process now. And are, we're, you, we're, are, you, we're, are you good with it? Uh, are you, uh, uh, I better get good at it. I'm, I'm, I'm pr If you give me a sword. Yes. I'm not good, but I look good. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So what okay. I used to do as a kid is I'll take, I'll take the sword, because you're going to have to, this move is the yes. most important yes. move with the that sword. Would. That thing, that right? Would. Yeah, yes. and then I would do that. <laughs> And then I'd always like smash things in the house and my mom would, but my mom would say, you looked good yes. and then you messed my shit up. But Got I looked you. good just before that moment. You Got know what I'm saying? You. We'll put you in an empty space. This is what I'm talking Nothing about. This is why you're a producer, Just Marshall green Ali. screens around. This, this, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Finding a way to make the actor shine. Yo, man, yes. thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you, brother. Thank you for blessing us continuously. Thank Blessings you. to you and your family. Thank you for having I appreciate you, my dude. Appreciate you. Great seeing you again. Yes, man. great seeing you. All right, people, Swan Song will premiere in US theaters and globally on Apple TV Plus on December 17th. You want to watch it. Trust me, you want to watch this thing. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Yeah, man, always a pleasure. Thank you, Trey. For real, man.
Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, a quick reminder. The Daily Show has a new podcast called Beyond the Scenes, where Roy Wood Jr. and special guests go deeper into the topics that we cover on the show and discuss how the show gets made. Basically, you know how when you order a milkshake, they sometimes give you that extra cup on the side with the more milkshake in it? Well, that's Beyond the Scenes. Yeah, so go listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if you're watching this show, you are part of the unlucky group being laid off. I just hope I don't cry. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.